Bergen, so if you're a caller, you might end up in the episode. All right, I'm back. Oh, I am too. Was that really just when you were back? Yeah, I literally just sat down. Oh, that's crazy. Julie was on her way in there as I exited the room, and I muscled her out of the way. Nice. <laughs> I peed in a bush. But nice. we got back at the exact same time. We're in they sync. Literally, I put my headphones on, and I hear, all right, I'm back. Yeah, I just put my headphones on too. We've synced up. We're on pee cycles up. together. <laughs> that's good. That was weird. I'd be like, I text you and be like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And you say, hold it, I'm on the train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you the story about when me and Julie accidentally ended up on the same train and what transpired after that? No. So she was working super late one night and she got on the train in Manhattan and I got a, on it in Brooklyn and we happened to be on the same train, which is mm-hmm. obviously just very unlikely, like huge coincidence. And <clears throat> we get to our stop and she starts heading for this one exit. And I was like, no, we should go to this other exit because late at night there are always big giant rats at this <laughs> one exit. And she loves rats. <laughs> yeah. So I knew she'd like to see them. I always send her videos of them late at night. <laughs> And so we go walking over to this other exit and uh, there's an older guy, I don't know, maybe 20 feet in front of us about to go up the stairs uh-huh. and we could tell that he sees something. I, I knew it was a rat. I don't know if he did. <laughs> but then this rat comes galloping down the stairs straight at this guy and he like takes a sidestep and has his umbrella in his hand, a uh, little, little like hook end down at the bottom. Oh, like a classic umbrella? Classic umbrella. And he takes a sidestep and just fucking golfs this rat with the <laughs> umbrella. Contact? So, oh my God. You would not believe the contact he made. with In one smooth motion too, he does the sidestep and a perfect golf swing with his umbrella. <laughs> Makes such good contact with this rat. We're about 20 feet behind him. Uh-huh. The rat flies through the air. Julie literally had to hurdle it. It went right <laughs> between her legs. And everyone else. Oh, is he hit it at you. Yes. Straight oh, at see. us. Yeah. <laughs> Julie actually had to jump over it. Went between her legs. Everyone else. Like there was probably like six or seven other people around us. Everyone just starts shrieking. <laughs> And this old dude. What happens to the rat? It just scrambled off. It was fine. Those things are fucking invincible. You know, I I think it just ran like straight down onto the tracks after that. I'm not positive, but (laughs) yeah, Julie literally had to jump over. Like if we had been like five feet closer to this guy, that rat would have nailed her right in the pussy. Welcome to The Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week, Jeremy Cohn and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. This week, we're strung out on Angel Olsen's new record, where she proves breakup albums are best turned up to 11. 
Talking All Mirrors next on the Radio Cure. Hey, Jerry. What's up, buddy? Not much. I like uh, strung out. That's clever. Mm-hmm. I was struggling. I was struggling this week. Yeah, and that didn't seem like packed with puns, but uh, but strung out no. is good. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I was strung out on Kid A. It was just mm-hmm. like, it just added strings. Just tons of strings. Tons of strings. Strings for days. Oh, yeah. I, um, I also liked how loud and how big it was. Oh, I know. Me too. I mean, I, we'll, we'll get into it. I love everything about it. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking I'm still on the fence about it. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of people liked it. A lot of people liked it. Do you think, now, do you think that uh, Pitchforks, they came out with their 200 best albums of uh, the 2010s? What do we, is that what you call the it? The 10s? Yeah, I don't know what we call the it. The 10s? The past the decade. Yeah. It came out too early. Yeah, came out too early. I thought that it, not only because of this album, but like the also like the Big Thief, the new Big Thief album that we might talk mm-hmm. about in mm-hmm. the near future. Um, we're supposed to be getting a Tame Impala. They, yeah, we're getting a Tame Impala. But the Big Thief one, they the they had their last album that came out like five months ago. Yeah, Uf, whatever it is. That's on the albums of the decade list and they gave a better score to the new one. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of inconsistencies. They would have had to have listened to it. Yeah. You and I, they not that, that like, the score, I guess necessarily reflects where these things end up on the list, but I don't know, maybe wait another month. <laughs> right. I love the, some of the juxtapositions of things were hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the one I was looking at today, Sturgill Simpson was mm-hmm. like in the, uh, the meta modern sounds was like in the, I don't know, one fifties, one forties, somewhere in there. Yeah. And, uh, it got edged out by the 1975s. Um, you were beautiful when you're sleeping cause you're, or cause you're beautiful yet. So unaware. Remember it's that really long ass title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they like their long titles. <laughs> Poor Sturgill just got edged out by the 1975. I thought you'd like that. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Moonshaped pool got um, uh, edged out by something funny too. I was like, really? That's the that's that's just a little better than mm-hmm. a Radiohead album. Is that that's what you're saying with that album? Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, they, they missed a gem, and uh, I have, I was kind of, we'll kind of talk while I'm reading the the thing. It'll be like one of those reading series, Chapo Trap House style. Um, oh, yeah. Because this brings up a few things. This is from Paste. Uh, from her very earliest recordings, Angel Olsen has mined drama from her relationships with physically present but psychologically absent partners. Across her often brilliant catalog, the Asheville singer-songwriter, she's from St. Louis originally. Oh, I did not know uh, that. Yeah. Has sung candidly about staying with these partners despite recognizing their awful qualities. Her fascination 
with this unhealthy dynamic, in addition to her unmistakable show-stopping vibrato, has tied her songs together across multiple genres, from haunting lo-fi folk, 2010 Strange Cacti EP, 2012's Halfway Home, to Scorching Rock, 2014's Burn Your Fire for No Witness, and 2016's My Woman. Now, have you, uh, this was the first Angel Olsen record that I listened to. I was aware of her, but she okay. seemed to be in the realm of St. Vincent and some of the other Lord, um, Lennon Del Rey. So I just, I guess I just never got around her. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. No, I, I was into, uh, burn your fire for no witness, which I love that album title. Um, I got really into my woman. Okay, so you're on the scorching rock side. I'm on the scorching rock side. So that's that's your you didn't you didn't all go back to the the lo-fi folk days. No, I'm, I I plan to in the near future, mm-hmm. but I have not yet. So how does this album for you compare to those? Um, it's it's for me the the most fully realized one. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I might as well get this out of the way here at the beginning. I it would take some sort of either miracle or apocalypse or some other <laughs> equally giant event for this not to be my number one album of the year. He's calling it. I'm calling it. <laughs> In October. Pulling not a that bold because it's October. <laughs> pulling a pitchfork. Getting out there too soon. But uh, uh, I don't. I yeah. don't see how it isn't. It's it, it. It has little bits and pieces of everything that was good about indie rock this entire decade, and makes a giant, wonderful, cohesive masterpiece out of it. Wow. That's that's high praise. Yeah, it should be the last indie album of the decade. <laughs> Just like everyone should not the put caps- out their albums. It's the capstone. No, they yeah. can, and I'm sure they're good or whatever. But this is it. This is this encapsulates the entire decade perfectly. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Olson still deals with bad partners on her fourth album, All Mirrors, but this time around, she escapes their destruction and finds not just happiness but catharsis. She narrates her journey alongside a 14-piece orchestra with string co-arrangement from Ben Babbitt and co-conductor-arranger Jarek Bischoff, mm. and co-production from the ever-busy John Conglitton. Conglitton, we know that name from something. I, know, I, I say it like that every time because I just can't. <laughs> it's a rough one. The, the, that NG in the middle of it just throws me off. Yeah. Uh, who is also co-producer of Burn Your Fire, which makes sense. Uh her newfound embrace of violins, violas, and cellos. Yeah, we know what a fucking orchestra is made up of. Uh, <laughs> elevates her shadowy, off, often synth-infused rock to extraordinary goosebumping-inducing heights, making All Mirrors her third consecutive and likely best masterpiece to date. Now, I read in Pitchfork uh, that she has both... Um, she has two versions prepared. Right. A... a um, a taken down version, and you don't you don't think you don't think there's any chance that that version will surpass this version? No, 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 absolutely not. 
I mean, I love the strings. The strings were the best part. They also felt a little put on, like in the sense that it was almost like a collaboration album. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of what makes it work so well. That that it wasn't all from her genius, but rather mm-hmm. a, a a clever bringing together of two artists. Yeah, like it almost like I I don't know like how <laughs> coincidental it was or whatever, but it seems like just the happiest of accidents that this came together. Yeah, I wonder what what was the impetus after she recorded the first one. To say, eh, just need to take it up to 11. I think I read something about that somewhere, but I don't remember it, so I shouldn't even bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was just too, like, fucking depressing. Yeah, I could see that. If if this shit wasn't so grand and just rocking your balls off, it Mm -hmm. would be pretty dour. Uh, Yes, here in... uh, she had some sort of biography that uh, came out accompanying the release, but I could not find it. So Pace says, um, no. I don't know if that was a, a big interview or if it was like mm-hmm. the dust cover or something, you know what I mean? Um, or the, the jacket, I call those things, the, the, the dust insert. cover of the album. The insert. Yeah. <laughs> liner notes. Yeah. Liner notes. Thank you. Um, she describes all mirrors as a record about losing empathy, trust, love for destructive people throughout the album. She contends with a destructive, toxic partner who shuns her when she doesn't match his idealized, falsely grounded image of her by the first chorus of six minute, six part opener Lark. She realized he only wants her if she checks certain unrealistic boxes. Learn to look me in the eye, yet I still don't feel it's me you're facing. Later, she fully, she's fully defiant. Dream on! She taunts atop bent, broken guitar chords and peripheral strings as she belts, You say you love every part. What about my dreams? What about the heart? <laughs> Lark explodes into orchestral fireworks and missiles, more than galvanizing enough to stop listeners in their tracks. Is that right. a pun about the different so, tracks? <laughs> track one. Yes, we are we are very fond of track ones. This is uh it's fantastic. So you you picked this one. I would have if you hadn't. But um, I did too. Yeah, I did. I did. It was it's very good. I mean, it's obviously a harbinger for things to come, but uh the the way that it has the different parts but yet still kind of is like this dreamy slow folk song with this like shit going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And we we like big builds and we like mm-hmm. movements. This this song has it fucking all. It oh my god! Yeah. Like the, the way it starts is that little like kind of like minimalist like post rock vibe like Julian mm-hmm. Baker, but then it goes like so many different places after that.
Well, it's got the first part's kind of a march too, because it has like this kind of building kind of um, rhythm to it, you know, mm-hmm. like something's marching. And it does. It has both that intimacy and that of Julian Baker and like the power of the strings. Yeah, uh, and the voice, because obviously the yes. dream on part. Yeah. Um, she she beats what's his face from <laughs> Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What, uh, what uh, Steven Tyler there Steven Tyler Jesus Christ Oof. Yeah. that was a close one now, do you know the first name that popped into my head was Tyler Perry because <laughs> that's like a combination of um, Steven Tyler and uh, what's his name Perry the guitar <laughs> yeah. player from Aerosmith oh uh, dream would've... on dream on dream <laughs> on that's Tyler Perry doing Ma- Matilda there it is. Matilda, sorry, Danny no. DeVito, and um. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what was that? What was that sassy old black woman that he did? Um, well, oh. uh, Medea. Medea. Yeah, my parents love Medea. They went to all the shows. There are more Medea movies than Marvel movies. Probably. So th- there's more in the Medea universe. Oh, I, <laughs> that's totally unfounded, but I think so. <laughs> Seems like there are. <laughs> oh, my parents saw Medea goes to jail on Broadway, mm. or not on Broadway, but at, when he made it into a play. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, tangent. But <laughs> the strains sound really moonshape poolish to me, kind of eerie yes. at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I, I had a, I kind of had like this weird feeling. It was actually in the next one, but I was like, man, what if Johnny Greenwood had did the accompanying composition for this? Here's the thing. I like the strings better on this than I do on moon shaped pool. Oh, I think it's a, be- it, it's a better use of them. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, it did just get barely beat out by. Something fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. Look it up. I've brought it up twice now. Let's see, let's see if I can, how fast I can scroll through here. Oh, it's not loading quick Pressure enough. is on. I'm in the 150s. It's got to be lower than that. What was it? It, was, was, it, it was. Oh, there think, it is. Oh, oh no, it. that's National and Sheer Mag. Sheer Mag compilation was better than National High Violet, just so if, if you wanted to. Yeah, the, despite my uh, recent history of national hate, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you do have a recent history of national hate. Well, when they stop sucking, I'll get over it. Amen, Dooms, Run the Jewels, Tame Apollo. That's a nice little run right there. Oh, here it is. 128, a moon-shaped pool, Radiohead, just got beat out by, oh, car seat headrest, Teens of Denial. Hey, that's all right. That's, that's the official band of the radio cure. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't as bad. I was, I, that, I, I mean, Teens of Denial might actually be better than Moonshade Pool, right? But this it's, little stretch right here. It's funny right that here, they're there together. I get that. but This little stretch right here has got Amen Dunes at 132, Run the Jewels 2 at 131, yes. uh, Tame Apollo Lonerism, and then yeah. Various uh, Artists, <laughs> Bands and Works Volume 1, a Chicago <laughs> Footwork Compilation. Hmm. And that then, sounds like an onion headline. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it just might be like some sort of urban tap dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 128, Radiohead, a moonshade pool, Carsey Hairdress, 127. Nice little run there. 
That is a nice little runner. Right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We said we weren't going to talk about this. That's fine. We can just integrate it throughout the entire episode. But Lark, the last thing I wanted to say on Lark mm-hmm. is uh, I, I got into reading. She went song by song in Pitchfork. Yeah. And, um, dude, this guy that she was with, fucking douchebag. Yeah, fuck this guy. He said, a lot of the songwriting for me is about verbal abuse and people saying they support me, especially men in my life. But that's always an issue. I always make more money and I'm gone. And I'm not asking anyone to forgive me for that. Both aspects have been problematic. One is emasculating. Disagree. And the other is like, no, you're my songbird. You're supposed to stay inside. I believe in your dreams. And I'm like, you don't believe in my dreams. If you believed in my dreams, you would trust me. You wouldn't make me feel like bad for living my fullest life. There's a lot of that in there. A lot of people uh-huh. I've been with have needed to be needed, but that's not how I view love. I'm telling you, Angel, if I wasn't already married, and you know, I could get out of that probably. <laughs> <laughs> I got a few outs. <laughs> but seriously. I, you can make as much money as you want, and I will stay at home, and you just go out on the road, and I'll I'll just be at home waiting for you. You'll just be there. Yeah. How's Dad? You can yeah. keep doing the podcast. Yeah. It'd be even more interesting because you were married to Angel Olsen. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a bunch of sweaters. She'd come on the pod. That would really help us, probably. That would help us, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have dinner made when she gets home. She's, you know? she's She has a much larger fan base than we do. Shockingly. Who are these men who are like, oh, you make more money than I do? That's a very good question. That's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> seems, just seems backwards to me. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. I know. What a douchebag. I wonder what her type looks like. I think they're like scruffy and like, you know, kind of gangly. Do you think they're like chiseled and good looking? <laughs> you know, like how Britney Spears was with that one douchebag. He was like, Justin oh, Timberlake? God, what the fuck? No, or, uh, no. Kevin After Federline. That. Kevin Federline. Thank you. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, just, it's almost insulting, you know, to normal looking people. It's like, no, no, no. You're not supposed to be with a normal looking person. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin Federline looked like he could have been like uh, a bit part in Breaking Bad as one of Jesse Pinkman's <laughs> friends. Right. <laughs> but just a little fatter. Yeah. Like, we're not sure you're doing enough meth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so stupid. All Mirrors. That's the second one on this record. Yes. It's the one you enjoy. You picked. I, I like I enjoy it. Enjoy all of these. It has kind um, of a currents feel from Tame uh, Tame Impala, Secret Currents. Yeah, it, it uh, yeah, that's a great record, and the comparison makes sense. I, what I, I feel about this song is that it it's uh, a perfect combination of like modern day pop music with mm. indie rock, um, which people have been doing again this entire decade but maybe not any better than this 
Yeah, the, the synths are a little more prominent than the strings are in this one. It's kind of mm-hmm. flipped. Because there's synths and strings in everything, and, one, and some take, you know, the precedent over the other in different yeah. ones. <clears throat> and I, I love in this song that there's like the little breakdown uh, that's like mostly orchestra. There's some synth mm-hmm. in there. Uh, before it like comes back and it's just like the same thing over again but it's like way more layered and mm-hmm. like intense really like the like just bashing drums in this it's got a nice interlude too a nice long one yeah really you know like I said the strains are like another artist yeah this one this one has the the mood of the entire record there's there's something yeah. about like because it's it's somber but it's also like powerful yeah you and, can like kind of rock out to it even though yeah, yeah it's like definitely a downer <laughs> it's like it's sad but in a noble way mm-hmm. it gets like very big and has these little movements like lark does and mm-hmm. like when i listened to this record for the first time i was like okay lark is my new favorite song of the year and then all mirrors came on second and i was like oh actually this is now <laughs> oh wait a second uh, oh wait a second. <laughs> now, to me, this this feels like just like a composition, uh, where you almost have to listen to it straight through, like the Sturgill yeah. Simpson one. Like, yes, just because there's a lot of the songs will have like big build-ins, like a minute and a half long build-ins, but the songs are only three minutes long. You know, so you feel like you're just getting into the song. But like a minute and a half in, and you're like, oh shit, I only got like two more minutes of this song. It's weird. But it, it kind of, just everything kind of continues on, on to the next. Yeah. It's, it's, that's what I love about it. it. It like all fits together really well, but it's taking all these different little pieces of, for me, everything that was good about indie rock this entire decade. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, the women probably won the decade. That's for sure. <laughs> Feels like, right? Yeah. Oh, no, of course they did. In like a lion, out like a lamb. <laughs> you sound sad kind of, about it. Kind of the march of decades. <laughs> uh, I do sound sad about it. I don't know why that is. Sorry. Get <laughs> 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 canceled. Yay. Women. We're gonna have to cancel you. Yeah, I know, man. It's just getting the bar is getting lower and lower or higher. Oh and higher my god! <laughs> this what, is so I? much. This God, this album is so much better than anything that's come out in so long. Low bars, Jesus Christ! No, I'm talking about for getting canceled. <laughs> oh yeah, it's getting. True. It's it's <laughs> like you can do less and less and still get canceled. That's true. So I wouldn't talk about the album. I haven't been talking about the album the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hence my confusion. <laughs> now, I like what it is because I was talking all about the mood and, and all mirrors, and it builds to, to what it is. And what it is is a bit of a mood change. It's a little peppier beat. I know. A little peppier. Sassy strains. That's what I came up with. That's you know? good. 
Hot and I, heavy guitar or hot and heavy sax and sassy strings. It's kind. Of, don't you feel like they're a little sassy? Like, yeah, they fucking rule. You know? I think like, I, I, it's like the most delightful use of strings on here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a, it's they're like a triumphant moment in a film score. Right. Like, yeah, for like sure. Our heroes are like seeing like hope at this moment and feeling on top of the world. And some I clever- love the synths in this one, too. Yeah. They're- the synths and the strings go well with the whole record. But this one. Um, yeah. They they jive. Yeah. They meld. Um, a couple of uh, cute, li- good lines in this. Knowing that you you love someone doesn't mean you were ever in love. Yeah, I really like the lyrics on this one. It's clever. And then you just wanted to forget that your heart was full of shit. Yeah, that's the one I have written down. Mm-hmm. That's the. <laughs> Anytime something's full of shit, we love it. Love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're you're full of shit. Your heart's full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be an amazing thing to say to someone. <laughs> I guess when you say you're full of shit, you're saying your brain is full of shit. Right. You're you've got shit for brains. Because mm-hmm. I've told people I'm full of shit before, but it, that just meant that I really needed to poop. Yeah, that's not. There's the shit can the literal kind of congregate in three different places: mm-hmm. your head, your heart, and your anus. Yeah. <laughs> Three places in which you can be full of shit. That we're aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can be, maybe there can be shit in any one of your chakras. Maybe it's a chakra thing. Yeah, that seems possible. Yeah. <laughs> I, you used the word marching earlier. This song, what it is, this, this makes me think of a march, especially I love the, march. The, at the very beginning. Like those are marching yeah. synths instead of marching drums. Yeah, very, very fun. It's the one I, it's the one that is playing in my head a little bit um, when I'm not around it. Right. <laughs> is that a weird way to say that? Uh, it might be. I don't know. I'm drunk. <laughs> Impasse, you wanted to say it briefly, but your summer was your last pick. But I thought Impasse was kind of a buzzy radio head strains again. Um, yeah, and this I, is the one that I thought was real cinematic. Yeah, Impasse, super cinematic. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And the it reminds me of, um, like, it sounds like a Radiohead song for a bit there. And it, like, mm-hmm. builds up. Like, a lot of Radiohead songs would stay in that, like, real, like, low-key like dour place Mm -hmm. but then it builds it made me think of uh so this is my uh moon-shaped pool reference time (laughs) it makes me think of if uh you and whose army off of uh amnesiac had been recorded for moon-shaped pool oh that's interesting because they go that would have been grand yeah because like 
Yeah, those like real like depressing low key Radiohead songs generally don't build into something real big, but like you and Who's Army did. But then you add mm-hmm. strings to that, and here we are at at an impasse, if you will. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, we can move on. Sorry, summer. Interesting. She has spring and summer here. Yes. Spring spring remind me like getting back to this idea that I have that it was everything good about the decade. Spring was like the Mitski moment. It was mm. very Mitski-esque, especially her last mm-hmm. album. Um Summer I really like uh just as a song, but I also like uh, its placement in the album cuz it's a nice come up after Impasse and Tonight which are just real slow and mm-hmm. real depressing. She says, uh, this is from Angel Olsen. I love playing that song because it's really upbeat and reminds me of Dylan's Desire. Mm. That was interesting. Uh, it has that rhythm to it. You feel like you're riding a horse through a technicolor desert. Sounds like a, a score from an old western. It actually even has like little whip cracks in it, mm-hmm. and is and this is maybe the only place on the album we get a little acoustic guitar. Yeah, you know what it reminded me of? It sounds like Lord Huron off of Vita Noir. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good call. It has that kind of old sounding um, country, like you know. Mm-hmm. On a good on a uh, horse, you know, yeah, <laughs> kind of rumbling through the country desert. Sound of being on a horse. You know what I'm talking about. I know they're what walking you're on a horse. About. And they got the fucking. They're playing the. They're they're playing the guitar and like coming into town in song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it totally does, and it's a nice little break. And I feel like her voice in this is a little bit more raw than it has been. A teensy on the raw side. A little bit. What do you mean by raw? Like, like scratchy? Um, less uh, planned out. It, it mm. means like more um, like this could have been more of like a live take of mm. her voice than the other ones. Yeah. A little more Eddie Vedder feeling. Uh, that's not the comparison I would have made, but maybe. The king of, the king of raw voice. <laughs> the waiting drove me mad. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I don't, it's I don't, raw. I don't. It's raw. <laughs> no, it's just a little bit more less uh rehearsed than the rest of it sounds. Less yeah. put together. Don't you think don't you think uh Pearl Drum sounds less rehearsed? Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should comment on that But no, I mean, it's a good record I, I was just wasn't blown away by it That's fair I was like, 
I'm, I'm surprised, like, if, but it's fair. If these if these strains weren't in here, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah. Well, that, that's know, fair. I just, I, that that Saint Vincent was so much better than me to me than this. Lord was was better than this record. The well, Saint Vincent is a more the fair Mitski, comparison than Lord is, but the Mitski was better. No, I don't think so. Well, this is this, this is I, I am very confident this is better than all of them. Yeah, I know. I can, I'm just saying. I, I I would rather listen to any of those records. Well, that's fine. But I can see how you would like this. It's a lot of jerk bullshit, don't you think? I think. Well, <laughs> one of the notes I had for uh, it, it is not a lot of jerk bullshit. But one of the notes I had for Lark that we didn't get to is that it sounded like the most polished version of jerk bullshit imaginable. Because <laughs> it goes like on and on and gets like so loud and crazy, yeah. but it's very like tight and. <laughs> It is more more so than what we would usually think of as Jerry yeah. bullshit. Yeah. No, you can. Yeah, it's really tight. It doesn't really go off the rails. It just changes. No. kind of. It kind of seems like it's gonna go off the rails, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Gets to the edge of the rails. <laughs> Edging the rails. <sighs> okay. Well, do you have anything else to say about the two hundred albums thing? Uh, no, but this album is going to be in my personal top 10. Uh, personal top 10. Personal okay. top 10 for the decade, which uh, we'll, we'll see when we do that episode where it lands. I think that does it for us this time. Tell us what you think of All Mirrors by leaving us a review in iTunes. While you're there, subscribe for weekly-ish episodes. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to The Radio Character.